Bienvenidos, welcome to Chisme That Matters, a Latina podcast created to redefine chisme by having conversations about topics that matter. We'll be talking about personal finance, mental health, entrepreneurship, and so much more. This is your host, Kim Flo, and with our guest, we will be sharing our historias, expertise, journeys, and even our struggles so we can inspire and move our community. Here, every chisme, I mean, historia matters, and I can't wait for you to listen to them. And if you want some good and real chisme, this is the place to be at. I mean, come on, let's be real. Who doesn't like some chisme? Hola, hello, mi gente. Welcome to another Chisme That Matters. I am super excited as usual because I'm going to have an awesome Chisme with an amazing human being. And today's Chismosa's name is Julie Alma Taveras. And she's better known on the webs as Investing Latina. And she is a personal finance expert who has been everywhere. She's given like talks in the White House and all that. So I am super excited to have her because I've been following her for a, for a while. And actually, one of my friends gifted me one of her shirts that says Invest in Latina. And I love it because it reminds me that us Latinas can also invest, you know, because there's a taboo about money and women and especially in the Latino community. So I want her to tell her story, how she started, and I'm going to give her the floor. Thank you for joining, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, yeah, I really started investing Latina um, as kind of a opportunity for me to talk a little bit about the things that I struggled with. And that was money. Like, I definitely struggled with money, especially during my 20s when I started making money and really didn't know how to manage it. And I got into a lot of credit card debt that I had to sort out and take care of. And it was really tough to do it because it happened so quickly. I accumulated all this debt so quickly and I didn't really know, I didn't have the money really to, to pay it off. And I had to get creative and, and I had to work harder and work smarter, not just harder. I had to, you know, get, get increases and I had to look for work that would pay more. And eventually I was able to pay it off and I felt really great about that. And I also had a little bit of luck where I started investing when I was 19 years old, um, just because I was investing in my company's retirement plan, you know, a company that I was working for at the time. And it was really awesome to see that account grow and for that to kind of encourage me, even while I was paying off all this debt and feeling like a complete loser, <laughs> I was uh, still investing. And once I was done paying, um, I felt really powerful. And that's why I love using the term like financially powerful, because that's like what I really wanted to achieve. And and so I started investing more. And uh, a little while after that, I was able to buy a house with my parents. And the year after that, I started investing Latina with the mission of helping people learn about the stock market, real estate, and in general, how to get better with their finances. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. So, Julie, let's go a little bit back. So you are Dominican, right? Yes. Born in DR, raised in New York. Nice. <laughs> so there's a lot there. <laughs> it is a lot there. That's just powerhouse right there. <laughs> so 
Okay, so how was the how was the the money situation in your family like growing up? How did your parents or your grandparents view view money and and debt? Like, what did they inspire you to start that journey, or it wasn't something that you were like, okay, I saw what they were going through, and I kind of don't, don't now want to repeat the narrative. Yeah, so I mean, my parents worked minimum wage jobs when we came to New York from the Dominican Republic, and my mom worked at a pharmaceutical company. I remember her making, I think it was like four twenty-five an hour or something like that. And my dad, um, although he had graduated from school in the Dominican Republic, the degree didn't really mean much here, and and he also didn't know the language, so it was just a bit of a struggle. And he became like a taxi driver, and he eventually. Um, started working at a bodega with his brothers and eventually bought the bodega. And it was really kind of hard for them in many ways because they had me and then shortly, a couple years after me, my sister, who's five years younger. And then, um, so they were really taking care of us, right? The two of us for a long time and just kind of figuring stuff out and trying to to make more money, but it was hard to pay this expensive rent, be making very little money, and then kind of navigating the whole financial world. I remember my my dad didn't have a credit card. I think it was about seven years after he came to the U.S. So it took a really long time, and they really wanted to always teach good lessons. Um, but at the end of the day, their circumstance was their circumstance. And so we had to go through things and, and struggle. My mom would be like, no, we don't, we don't have money for that. Um, you know, and then there's also, of course, things where uh, the decisions that they had to make for work, my, my, we got, were separated. So my dad was in working in the Bronx with his brothers and we lived in Brooklyn and that caused more uh, sort of challenges for the family because it really was like my mom having to take care of of both of us in in a way, right? Um, and not having that that full family kind of structure and support. So all those things really affected the way that I saw money and how I saw sort of independence. You know, my mom has always been a very independent woman and she really instilled that in me and she always made things work, you know? <laughs> she stretched every single dollar and, um, you know, always was very a, a prideful person, and that really reflected in in how I started to see money and how also I dealt with like challenges in my life. So they eventually were able to really kind of get on their two feet, and then my other little sister came thirteen years after I did. So now there were three of us. I was going to college. My sister was in high school. Uh, the baby was uh, in school, and she was the first one to be able to take like dance classes and and pay for these extracurricular activities. Which of me and my second my my sister after me, we definitely didn't do or have. Um, so things started to change a little bit, and. Um, with my father, he always has been an entrepreneur. He's like, you know, always working, a very, very creative person. They're both very creative. And he just kind of figures stuff, he figures everything out and he figures out how to make more money and how to uh, elevate. I mean, he studied accounting. So that's at the end of the day, kind of like his thing. He loves numbers. 
Um, but it's so it's also very different when you're thinking about what your parents do and what you see and how it affects you because I heard a lot of good messaging in terms of save money. Um, but because my parents didn't really know the financial system very well, they didn't have any investment accounts. You know, they were making money and they were really spending it all on us, you know, taking care of us and trying their best to give us the best upbringing. And also, but also, unfortunately, not really taking care of themselves for for their future and and, you know, what a retirement would look like. And so those are all things that I saw. And when I started investing, I was like, oh, this is something that I'm the first in my family to do. They found it very strange. They didn't think I should, um, but I did it and, and I kept going and I'm so happy that I did because now over a decade, almost a decade and a half after starting investing, I've gotten to the place where, you know, the six-figure account and being able to really feel a sense of that financial power that I really wanted so I thank them so much for all of the foundational things that they taught me um, and the things that they didn't have access to also showed me I have to change things and I have to do things differently and I have to be the one to create this generational wealth for, for our family and the next generation. And that's what I try to do every day. Mm, oh my God, I love that. I feel like a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode are going to resonate with your story because... I am there, like I'm the first child too. And as a first child of immigrant parents, right? You have the, I guess like, like pressure. And I don't even, I don't want to use the burden because it's not a burden. It's just more something that it's just a responsibility to break those cycles, right? And to do better for our families. And I'm saying that our families didn't do good. They do excellent with what they knew, with what they had, right? But it's always like times change. So you always want to like do better and give them like even a better present, you know? Like, you know how the people say, oh, I want to give like a mi hijo mejor futuro, like a better future. We want to give our parents a better present, <laughs> if you think about it. I mean, at least that's that's what I that's what I think for my mom. Like I have the same situation where, my mom came from Ecuador maybe 10 years ago and I came here before and she doesn't have you know, a retirement account or anything like that. I'm the one that has to be opening up everything for her. And it's a lot because I'm like even trying to deal with my own stuff and then dealing with my mom's stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot, but someone's got to do it, right? Absolutely. And I love that you look at it in that way because it, it can seem like a lot of pressure and in some very serious or severe situations, it, it, can, it is a burden, right? So it really has a lot to do with the specific scenario that you're in. And I try my best to always kind of keep myself in check and understanding that when it comes to money, there are so many little differences, so many little differences. Like you would think that it's so simple, that it's like just so basic, like, just budget and just save and just invest, you know, and those are the fundamentals. And that is kind of like the, the path that you can kind of walk on, but there are so many personal and interpersonal situations of us having to take care of parents or even siblings. Like, you know, I've spoken to people, I spoke to someone recently and they shared how they have a disabled sibling and, 
what that means, you know, and how much they have to take care of them and, and also what their dreams for that person, you know, for their sibling is. And, and, and that involves like having them be very financially stable. And I commend that so much. And I think that in our community, there is so much of that. And we should talk about that because oftentimes we don't talk about these things. We we're afraid to do it. It feels too painful to address. And the truth is that even if it is painful, it's still thing is still something that's going to allow us to break those generational curses and get to the other side. So it's really important for us to talk about it. It's really important for for it to be an ongoing conversation. I oftentimes get asked like, "Oh, how do you start this conversation?" And I'm like, "It takes a while and it's going to take 10, 15, 20 conversations. And that's probably a better approach because it should be like that. Things change and, you know, you, you, you make money, but then sometimes there's challenges and you get thrown curveballs and there's emergencies that you have to cover. Um, but you, as long as you keep talking about it and as all, as long as you keep addressing it and asking like our parents, what do you want? What would you like? What are the things that matter to you? So that we're making sure that we're not doing things just because we want we want it for them and it's really something that they actually want. I've had to learn that recently where I'm like thinking of it like, oh, wait, like, you know, I'm just wishing what I, I I'm just trying to provide what I think they are thinking that they need. And really it's, it should just be very straightforward and ask, asking that question, like, what is it that you need? How is it that I can help you? And also being very open and honest in saying, I can't do all of this. I can't do X, Y, Z, but I can do ABC. And, you know, so, so all of that goes into comes into play when we're talking about finances with family. It's really, it can be really complex. Yeah, it can definitely be. And it's difficult because it's kind of like you're learning on, on your way. And it's like, you're scared of making, like when I, I think about my finances, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to learn as much as possible. And if I make mistakes, I make mistakes, right? But when it's so, with somebody else's money, it's kind of like, I know. Like with, I'm like, I feel bad because they're relying on you. They're trusting that you know that you're going to take care of the, the accounts, that you're going to try to like, you know, select the right investments and all that. But then I'm like, oh, no, maybe I'm not the person for this job because it's their money. And I feel bad because they have worked so hard. Y como que like, oh, I'm stealing, but I'm not really stealing. It's just like, it's, it's, that's the game. So I think that's what's important for for us to get educated, right? For people like you. And there's so many other personal uh, finance experts out there. They're, they're going through the same situation. They're learning as they're going, but they're being successful with that, right? And and I, that's why I admire people like like you, Julie, because it, you're giving a lot of information that we did that our parents didn't have back then. So it's important for them to have it. And And sometimes I feel like it sucks that, we are learning this now because it's kind of like, oh, they're learning too. They're like, shit, like we missed out all these years. We could have done so much. And now we're learning in our 50s or 60s. And it's never too late, right? But still, it's kind of like you think about that and you're like, oh, you could have like more stuff and more. It's not even about just the power, but also like the freedom and the and, and just like the peace, that ease that you're going to have the backup for whenever you need it or whenever you retire. And if you want to retire early, like that's even 
better. Yeah, absolutely. I and, and yeah, I understand what you mean when they when you're teaching parents something and they're like, "Oh my god, what? I had no idea." And they start to feel like a little bad. That's why it's, I say, you know, take your time and and go into every conversation with compassion and, you know, being grounded in the gratitude of of what has been accomplished and just think of how you can grow from there. Yeah, for sure. So we we were talking about parents right now, and I know I I've been following you for for a little bit, and I always see the post. Actually, the posts that are more they inspire me the most about you are the ones that you talk about your family, but specifically the ones from your sister, because your sister started investing last year, right? She got her first job or something like that. She got her first paycheck and she invested, and now she has like this big account. And I'm like, girl, girl, <laughs> it's like wow, right? It's like what does it feel to be Julie's sister, right? <laughs> so how did that start? How did you start that conversation with? Is it this the 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 third sister? I mean the yeah, the sister or the one in the middle. Yes, so I have two sisters, and the one that is closer in age to me um, is very different from me. And we, in terms of in in some ways, right? Um, my my she. Uh, they believe that the system is really effed up, which is totally true. The system is really effed up and and they don't necessarily believe in the idea of capitalism. And it, they talk a lot about how harmful it is, especially to people in our community, communities of color and indigenous communities that are the ones that suffer the most when we're thinking about how do these companies make a profit? How is it that these stocks are so high and that they are so successful? And it's part of a system. It's part of a triangle, you know, and the people at the top are these big corporations and these companies. And the people at the bottom are the people that are working extended hours, very low wage, you know, um, in some cases, um, horrible conditions. So they're very in tuned about the realities of the system that we live in and and how it functions. And they don't like that. And so when I asked my sister, I was like, you know, how are your investments? Like, have you opened up your accounts? And this was many years ago. Um, and they were like, no, I, I don't want to subscribe to that. Like, that's ridiculous. I hate capitalism. I will never do that, right? And so it was really, really hard because I'm like, oh my God, this is so different. I've been investing for so long. My sister is not interested in investing at all. And I understand, you know, the valid points behind it. And it took me a little bit of time. This is why I talked about like having multiple conversations because it took multiple conversations for me to convince my sister Although the system is the way that it is, it is really important for you to establish security for yourself. And the only way that we can do that is by protecting our assets. You know, as we earn money, we work very hard to earn money and they're a brilliant playwright. They have written shows 
on Amazon. They do amazing, beautiful things, and it's all centered on their values and, and the things that they want to talk about and the things that haven't been talked about. So I'm telling them, like, you know, you, you make money, you want to be able to secure a future in many ways because we don't want to solely rely on the income that we make. What if something were to happen? You know, I mentioned earlier how somebody that I was talking to had a sibling with disabilities and, and thank God we don't have that situation. But what if something were to happen, you know, to, to them or to our baby sister or to me? You know, what does that mean for the family and, and what kind of things do, how would that change the financial um, responsibility of the whole family? And so it took me some time to convince them. And then finally, a couple of years ago, they were like, okay, I get it. I understand. Like, you know, I don't really love and want to necessarily participate in a large way into the system, but I will participate to some extent. So they're definitely not the type of person that's going to retire early and have millions and millions of dollars in their account. They really just want to put enough into their account to secure a retirement in the future. They want they don't want to like feed feed the the animal all this money um, because of again the values that they represent and 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 what my sister stands by, which I absolutely respect and I it made it challenged me it made me look at the system and I'm like oh my god like you know what is it that I'm doing and it made me think about investing in ways that are more um socially strong taking care of our people focusing on companies that are doing the right thing so it was an amazing sort of discourse and conversation for the two of us to have, and we still continue to have these conversations. I'm telling you, it, it's ongoing, but we do have a strategy in place in terms of, okay, at least this much so that you can get to a, a good place. Um, so it, it was interesting and, and it was really cool. And I'm, I'm really proud of them for, for getting to that place and understanding that this was something that would help not only them in the future, but also when we when we financially at least secure ourselves, we are we have the opportunity and the flexibility to help others. And I think that that is probably the most important value that they have and that we share, I think, in our family, which which is a blessing that I can say that my family is giving even when we don't have. You know what I mean? Like. That that is such a cool thing to me, and I and I love that so much. Uh, so so it's all in all, it's it's been an interesting journey, and it's been a learning experience for me to be challenged and to think about things differently, especially money, because this is what I do for a living, right? I, I talk about personal finances, I talk about the importance of investing. So it, they gave me a different perspective on it, and and that's why now even. I have a little bit more, I also see it very, a little bit differently. And I don't feel or try to give people that sort of pressure of you have to be doing this. Like, you, you know, you, you have to put all as much as you can as possible. You know, I, I look at it a bit differently. And I also, again, look at it from different, a different lens, a lens of um, compassion that I think, you know, is kind of missing in our industry 
in the personal finance industry. So, yeah. And then for the baby, which is the one that was the total opposite. I mean, not really the total opposite, but I she, she got her first job and made money and spent most of it on Chipotle. And, you know, I was like, where's your money? Like, you got to save money. You got to invest. Uh, but it's also like still all new experiences, you know, to have your first job and to figure out how you're going to get to work and Uber, you know, or whatever. And they, it was this was in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So it was so complicated. But um, I kind of forced her to do it. And because she's younger, she really didn't question me <laughs> the way my other sister did. <laughs> but she did it and she started investing. And yeah, to your point, like I've shared it on Instagram, how. She started literally with the first thousand dollars and her account after only, you know, I guess we're like 18 months, maybe 20 months in since she started investing. And she has over twenty thousand dollars in the account. It's really amazing because of her contributions and then the growth, because obviously we've been going through a um a very great market. We're seeing a lot of uh, positive returns, although we've seen bumps along the road, but still the market is doing amazing. So it's so cool. And I think it also like inspired her the way that I was inspired 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, wait, this account is growing. Let me keep putting money in. So now she calls me. She's like, okay, putting money in. Well, she automated because listen, if you're, if you haven't started investing and you're just getting started, do yourself the biggest favor and just automate it because if you don't, you're going to have so much pressure to have to go back in and add more money. Just make it simple for yeah. yourself. So so it's really cool to kind of see that. And and yeah, just different perspectives. We all started at sort of different times. Um, but ultimately, the goal is the same, to have a good foundation and a good safety net for our future. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. It's so like, there are kind of opposites because I feel like, you know, your, your younger sister, she's like hyped, right? She's like, okay, I, I am motivated. Like I want my, my account to grow. So I'm curious now, like how she feels now that the market is like <laughs> lower the place. Did she text you? You'll be like, the good thing is that she's too busy to worry about the market. And she's like deep in school. She has, she's a, a junior now in college. And, mm. you know, I call her, she's like at the library studying, trying to get through things. So that's the good thing <laughs> that she yeah. doesn't, she doesn't, she likes to, she looks at it every once in a while, but she doesn't yeah. overly focus on it, which I think sometimes when it comes to personal finances, we can become very obsessed. Listen, mm. I became an expert because I was obsessed. <laughs> I was dedicating my life to learning about personal finances. Um, but it, she, I think, has a good balance where it's like, oh, the money is going in, but I'm not going crazy, like looking all the time. I just know my cadence, like, you know, the money is going in automatically a certain amount every month. And then at the end of the month, I also check to see if I can, if I have extra. And I put an extra amount. That's kind of how, how she's doing it. And it's been working really well. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, at least she's not like me. When I was in college, I um, so I've been with the company that I'm working right now. I've been like, uh, it's going to be 15 years. And my first boss, she actually asked, she said, listen, you're going to start investing. So I put a little bit, $15, $20, you know, like from your paycheck, right? Like every week, because we used to be, I get paid weekly. She's like, and we're going to open up a simple IRA, right? 
And I'm just like, okay, no idea what the hell what what that was. She tried to explain to me. I was like, okay, because I was in college. Who cares about like freaking investing at this point, right? Years later, I didn't realize that I had that account and my money was there. And I'm just like, I could have done so much. <laughs> right? Because I was in college and I was not thinking about that at all. I had like full-time job, full-time school. Like I didn't even remember that I had a simple IRA until later that um, the company gave the 401k and then I had another boss and you know, I had to talk to the representative. He's like, um, you know, you have this account. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. I have the money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And and that's what it takes. I still remember the moment that the that I signed up for my for my first retirement account. The girl was so straight-faced. She had like a very straight face. She wore glasses. She was Latina and she was actually, you know, one of the few I think in all of the history of HR people that I had, she might be the only one that was Latina. And so, and she looked at me, she said, if you put money in, the company is going to put money in. So do something, <laughs> add something. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. How is $50 a month? Like I was so dumb. I was so <laughs> clueless, but you know, I didn't know. And it's not like I was making a lot of money. I was like, and she's like, great, they'll give you $50 too. And I remember that moment and, and she really impacted my life. Sometimes I think about her and I'm like, damn, I should probably try to find her <laughs> to yeah. thank her for, for, you know, pushing me. Because I think sometimes we need that. We need to be pushed a little bit. We need to be challenged the same way that my sister's have cha challenged me like we we need to be challenged by the people that we love and that we care about and, and people that we respect sometimes we're challenged by complete strangers and that's so cool because you learn something new and you grow from it so yeah <laughs> yeah no I love that yeah like the, the same person like she was HR slash vice president like the company was very small back then and she she told me, hey, you need to put this instead. We're gonna have like a little percentage. And she tried to explain me that whole situation. And I think like I, the same as you, like I'm really grateful that she was able to, you know, at least try to educate me. That even though I, back then I was like, oh, fifteen, twenty five dollars because I had to pay for my own things. Like I was like independent, right? So for me, twenty five dollars. Oh no, eso es mucho dinero. <laughs> it was like twenty five dollars on my paycheck. What? You know? But I mean, it was good. So, yeah, I think it's it's important. And nowadays it's a little easier because we have the internet, right? We have social media. So we have a lot of people nowadays trying to educate others, right? I mean, they may not be, they may do it one way because their situation is different, but I still feel that they're trying to put the information out there, which is really, really important. And now you got options. You got options too. How do you want to educate yourself, right? It's not like, okay, one person at the bank or one person at the investment firm is going to tell you what to do. You're like, okay, this for No, now I haven't even talked to the guy, right? Like I, I think two years ago, 2020, I decided to kind of really focus on my finances and I started looking at my portfolio and I was like, what the hell is this? I called him because I didn't, I didn't understand anything. I'm like, what is this money? Then I saw $10,000 were... Re, re, like retrieve and then they put it back i was like what happened so ever since then i had a conversation with him he tried to help me out after that i started just watching your videos or watching other people's videos and trying to educate and all that because it's, it 
times are changing. Times are definitely changing. Times are definitely changing. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday who's a journalist here in New York, and we're putting together a crypto education video because there's like the fact that people are accepting their salary in crypto and the mayor is he accepted his first paycheck two weeks ago or maybe it was even last week I think um, in crypto and what does that mean and so we're creating this really great we're, we're producing this really amazing video on fundamentals of crypto and how it's going to possibly really be the future of finances and I and I do really see that happening at first when I heard about crypto many years ago it was actually from my partner it was seven years ago and he's like oh yeah bitcoin blah 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 and I was like ah. it was just too weird I was like I don't know what you're talking about that's like cash is king like there's no way there's going to be changes in the system. The financial system is the way it is. And now, obviously, fast forward, oh, my gosh, the system is completely changing. I literally um, have this account now that you can use, like, a online account to do regular things, and the rewards are going to be in crypto. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, cause you know, we have, uh, accounts that give us points and travel and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And that's like to have fun and stuff like that. But in a, a, a sort of account that's going to give you what the future of finances is really looking like a very decentralized system with different assets. I thought it was so cool. And that's why, like, I, I was so into it. And and I got so excited about it. And it just makes me think as I was creating the video and learning more about the company, how we are in the middle of a revolution, how we are creating what will become history. So, you know, even something like this we're doing, like this is historical, right? We're going to look back and be like, oh, my God, remember in 20, 20, 30, 40 years from now, remember back then when everybody was scared about cryptocurrencies? <laughs> you know, that's what it's really going to be like. And so I'm like writing, I'm like, oh, my God, everything that we create and everything that we produce really is history. And there's this shift happening right now with financial education and investment education and types of assets that we can use to diversify our investments. You know, aside from the stock market, there's also the crypto market now. And I think that that's like amazing, you know? Yeah, it is definitely a revolution. And I've been having conversations with other people as well in the finance, you know, kind of department, let's say. And um, yeah, I always say, you know, it's a shift. Like every year, ever since I started this podcast, like I started in 2020, uh, I think June, July. And I have various conversations about this. It's like every year something new, something new, something new in the finance. And like, and the funny thing is that this has been going on around ages, you know. But it's just now that like, como que nos pusimos las pilas, you know, that we 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 want to like learn, we want to like we want freedom. We are tired of being been working like nine to five all the time. We just want to retire and live life and go to the beach and and that's that. So I, I think it's beautiful how everybody's getting creative and also getting um educated in this stuff that i think is very important and not only for us like and millennials would say but you know like the younger generations the younger generations they know more i'm just like yeah if i would have been like you when i was like your age 
Ahora, right? Yo ya estaba retirada. Yo, mm. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I see it too. It's so funny. Um, but also Gen Z is, mm. is very different. So it's yeah. going to be really, really interesting to talk to, to see. I feel like Gen X really complained about us, like, you know, millennials, so entitled or blah, blah, blah. You know, there were so many things that were said about millennials because we were the yeah. young ones on the block. Now we're no longer the young ones on the block and Gen Z has taken over and listen, yeah. and they want it all. So, but if you think about it, it's always kind of the same in many ways. Like when you're young, you're, you're a little bit wild and free and you just want everything and and it's it's great what's wonderful about youth is that you see so much possibility because you're not restricted to the things that you've that you've seen and that you know for being a fact and for being true and so they're going to be the ones to really create the new financial companies they're going to be you know new fintech they're going to be the ones to create new cryptos so it's going to be really interesting and cool to see um, how how the money system overall will change, you know. But yeah, if you're listening to this and you're Gen Z, you better be investing. You have so much opportunity. <laughs> Take it from us. <laughs> Put something in. I mean, it's such a great story when, when you talk about starting with those $25, you know, like That's all you need to get started. And then you just keep going and keep going from there and you'll get to the place where then you're doing $500, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're doing $1,000. And, you know, if if you're working in tech, you're going to be doing $5,000 a month, you know, and that's a, that can sound a little crazy, but, you know, our th- there is opportunity and uh, there's, there's a lot of possibility. And hopefully as we, everyone makes more money and as we establish stronger financial uh, grounding, we also just figure out how to continue to educate and help others. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, Julie, I, I love the whole story with your family. I just want to kind of touch on something real quick. But So when you started investing Latina, right, I know you mentioned that, you know, you, you wanted to create opportunities and, you know, educational resources for, for everyone out there. What was the pivotal moment? That kind of say, you know what, I, I I'm doing this right now. Like I'm gonna create it. Like yeah, it could be yeah, you know, it was a story about investing. But I said, what was that one moment that you're like, yeah, this is this is my thing. I'm gonna do it. So I really wanted to start investing Latina about a year before I actually started it, and I was seeing someone at the time, and I was so excited about my you know finances and where things were going that I would like stay up late and work on my sheets. You know, I have like spreadsheets that that I give my students and that I created and that I always kind of update. So I was up late working on that. And my the person who I was seeing at the time, I sent them an email and I was like, oh my God, this is where I am and with my finances. This is so exciting. Like, if you want to talk money, let me know. Like, you know, and I got the worst response. I Dios mio. It was so dramatic and it was so bad. He's like, why would I share my finances with you? Like, that's ridiculous. And it was really upsetting. And I didn't know kind of how to deal with it or, or manage at the time. Um, and so I got really discouraged mm-hmm. by that. Uh, you know, I felt like I, I kind of hit a, a block in some ways. And I was like, oh, maybe it is a bad idea. 
maybe I shouldn't be talking about this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as you can imagine, that relationship didn't last <laughs> very long because you got to be aligned. Your values have to match up, right? And you have to be willing and able to talk openly and freely about things, the good and the bad. So I didn't do it then, but um, a couple months later, my grandmother passed away and I was devastated because it was a, a shock and it was very sudden and, you know, I didn't, I couldn't believe it. And because of that, I really, I, I, it was one month after my grandmother passed away, I started investing Latina. And I'm like, my grandmother wanted, she was my, she was one of my best friends. She wanted, she was always the one to encourage me and, and tell me, you know, and even when I broke up with my boyfriend, she's like, yeah, whatever. Who cares about him anyway? Right. (laughs) And, uh, and she's always been, she was such a strong woman and she was prideful and independent. She had 11 kids. Like, could you imagine 11 kids? So I just always saw her as just so powerful. And I, and she always inspired me my whole life. And so when that happened, I said, you know, I want to do this for her. So that's really how I started investing Latina. I said, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to just go for it and do it. And, you know, fast forward a couple years later, um, I've won awards. I've helped over 8,000 people start investing, a majority women, Latinas, um, in English and in Spanish. And, it, you know, and every time I think about those little successes, I, I think about my grandmother. And, and she was the reason why I started. Wow. No, they're not little successes, Julie. There are successes period okay because you have accomplished so much and i can only imagine the things that you're going to continue doing for our community i think it's uh it's beautiful what you do especially with this topic that is very como que touchy you know because you don't talk about you know people don't talk about bruno people don't talk about finances and family so <laughs> right so yeah um but yeah, I think it's how uh, you should celebrate yourself for every, any little thing that you think it is that you have done for Invest Latina, celebralo because you deserve uh, it. Thank yeah, you sure so much. Proud, I'm so proud. But, but Julia, we can continue talking. I feel like, you know, we, we just met like, and we talk and talk and talk, but, you know, we, we got to go. So I just <laughs> kind of like, you know, finish up and close this up. I want you to maybe give three things, like three words of advice and say to people who are listening out there um, to, you know, for when it comes to investing, like, what will you tell them? Okay. How to, how to, how to start? Like, what's the mindset or the shift of mindset that you think that they should have in order for them to start this journey? Yeah. So the three pieces of advice that I would give are definitely get started without knowing everything. Um, Even me, someone that's been doing this for, you know, a decade and a half, I don't know everything. I know a lot and that's why I teach and that's why I share all the things that I've learned along the way. But it's always going to be a constant education and, and constant growth. And that's how you become a better investor. But in order to become an amazing investor, you have to get started. You have to be an investor and you have to think, you know, that's what I am. That's what I will do. And I'm going to be consistent. And I feel like when you start something, you want to be 
you know, do your best. You want to give it your all. So don't get started and then forget and don't set up those automatic payments. Like I told you, you know, the automatic deposits, like I mentioned, keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep investing. That's the only way that you're really going to grow. So getting started is the first tip. Um, the second tip is going to be get creative because times are going to get hard. Times are going to get hard. You may lose your job. You may not have a lot of money. You may be forced to, you know, do, do help others or take care of your family, but you stay the course and you keep going. And even though times can get rough, you get creative and you adjust as needed, um, but you keep doing it. That's kind of the most important thing, you know? So, if you're getting, if you're continuing to be creative, you're always going to continue to find opportunities. And then the last bit of advice that I would say is definitely think long term. Don't go into investing thinking, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire next year. If you go in with that mentality, you're going to be very, very disappointed because when you hear some of these stories of people having overnight um, growth, they're really just lucky moments. They're not real, sustainable, um, very fundamental reasons why people get those quick successes. So just go into it thinking very long term. Um, and like I said, being creative and making sure that you are thinking of it in this is a portion of money that I'm putting towards my safety and security. And then this is a portion of money that I'm really pushing into my accounts and using creatively to grow my wealth and then do live out my wildest dreams. And it's totally doable. Like, you know, I know being a millionaire can sound like that's crazy. Like who can, you know, that, that takes, that's going to take so much money. Um, and it takes a significant amount of money, but I always show people the example of investing over the course of 30 years is really going to mean putting about $250,000 into an account. For some people, that could be three years' worth of salary. For some people, it could be more, four, five, six years' worth of salary. And for some people, it could be just one year of salary. So depending on how much you are making, that's what's really going to determine how much you're able to invest as long as you're controlling your expenses. But there's no doubt about it that regardless of where you are, it will not require for you to invest a million dollars in order to become a millionaire. So think about that number. You know, how can I put away $250,000? You know, if I, if I at least push myself to get to that point, whether it takes five years, 10 years, 15 years, I'm going to be in a good place and I'm going to actually achieve that millionaire status. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much, Julie. So before we go, uh, where can people find you on in the webs? Yes, you can find me as Investing Latina on all social media. If you would like to take a workshop that I offer, um, it's on investinglatina.com. The bank account that I mentioned earlier where you can do regular transactions and then get rewarded in crypto is andafinance.com. So you can check out those resources and yeah, keep investing, get powerful, financially powerful, and make sure that you find a good group of people that can come on the journey with you. 
Yes, thank you so much. So everyone, I'm going to put the information in the description of the episode. Julie, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you being on the podcast and I'm, I, I'll see you around. Yes, yes. thank so you. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this Cheese with Julie. With that being said, I wish you an amazing rest of the week. Please surround yourself with authentic vibes and also wear your mask because COVID is still a thing, okay? COVID is still a thing. And try to be authentic. I will talk to you next time. Ciao.